Between the kids being home and hosting, everything in our house gets used up in summer. With Instacart, I can save money by stocking up on all my favorite summer brands. I save time by getting everything delivered in as fast as an hour. And I save myself a sink full of dirty dishes by stocking up on paper plates for the annual summer cookout. Save more on summer essentials? Spend more time enjoying summer. Add summer to cart. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders. Offer valid for a limited time. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Welcome to Monday Night Therapy. It's another beautiful Monday night. I'm coming to you from Dallas, Texas, where it's still 93 degrees at 8 p.m. And uh, I don't know. I don't know what we're going to talk about tonight. It seems like it's a very slow news cycle, eh, Todd? Oh, yeah. I tell you, man, trying to come up with some filler for an hour tonight. I guess we have baseball. We could talk baseball a little bit. In the, in the middle of July, certainly it's a boring off season. <laughs> yeah, you know that nothing ever goes on. You know, once recruiting is pretty much wrapped up, then it's just you know sit there and you know twiddle your thumbs and you know beat your head against the wall and wait until. Oh, I guess you can read. Uh, um, I guess you can read uh, about you know the countdown, the countdowns in the newspaper, the countdowns to the start of the season. So. Oh, my God, look at this. Roger Moore, the voice of reason, has returned. Welcome back, Todd. What a nice greeting to start the show. Well, thank you, Roger. Yeah, I appreciate that. So, so we, we have about 25 people online, and I would just like to start the show by asking, uh, if you were going to be dry humped in a dark room, what kind of mask would you prefer that the person doing it would be wearing? <laughs> Let's just start there. And before we get to all that kind of stuff, I think we're going to go into uh, baseball, Nebraska baseball, Todd. And I'm going to well, let, I'm going to let you take that. Well, we, yeah, we'll talk real quick about Nebraska baseball because uh, I think everybody now that you've put it out on the table is much more interested in the masks. So we'll come back to dry humping and masks here in a minute. But um, I do want to know, you know, because obviously I'm a huge fan of Nebraska baseball and, you know, we have come off a decent season here, but um, you know, a lot of the pundits speculated that um, you know, that Max Anderson and and Bryce Matthews were going to go anywhere from the first to the fifth round. Um, And lo and behold, Bryce Matthews was a first round draft pick. He was 28th player taken. He's going to go play for the Houston Astros. I thought what was really kind of funny is that they just booed the hell out of it. They weren't booing Bryce Matthews. They were booing – first of all, they constantly boo Manfred, the, the commissioner, but they were also booing the, the Astros, the biggest cheating uh, franchise in professional baseball. But Bryce Matthews is from the Houston area, so he's going to go home. And hopefully, you know, he'll, he'll one day play with the Astros. Uh, Max Anderson, <clears throat> early in the second round, he ended up going to the Tigers – Detroit Tigers. And then uh, two more players were picked today in day two of the draft. Emmett Olson uh, was the 110th pick. I think that put him in the fourth round. And he is going to go and play. Uh, he's been drafted by the Florida Marlins. Uh, and uh, then Jace Kaminska uh, was the 292nd pick uh, with the Colorado Rockies. Uh, I think that all of them are probably gone. I don't think you'll see any of them where uh, you know, the Nebraska uniform anymore. Um, Emmett Olson was drafted before um, some pretty big name pitchers. Uh, the pitcher of the year in the Big Ten Conference was this O'Halloran kid from Michigan, and uh, Emmett was selected before him. Uh, and Kaminska said when he was recruited to Nebraska, you know, he's the kid that came from Wichita State. Right. He thought he'd, you know, he figured he'd be 
at Nebraska for a year. At least that was his plan, uh, you know, hoping that he'd get drafted. But uh, he'd probably end up going a little bit higher than a lot of people thought. But, you know, nonetheless, that's his dream. And uh, being, a you know, a, a pick that high um, – for all practical purposes, he's gonna he's gonna leave and start his pro career. So I mean, just losing the two pitchers, I'd be mean, obviously Bryson and uh, Max. Obviously, they're gone. But what's the effect of the program on the two pitchers? I think that losing those two pitchers is uh, is going to be a, a setback for the team. However, uh, they've really been pursuing pitchers, and you know the portal is still out there and. Uh, my guess is there's some pretty good arms still in the portal. Now that those two guys are drafted, that would make room, you know, for some, some top pitchers, you know, uh, if you're out there looking to be a Friday starter and, and raise your draft stock a little bit, and uh, you weren't sure whether or not Emmett Olson would be back or Jace Kaminsky would be back. Well, now for all practical purposes, they won't be. And so, you know, that might create an opportunity to pick up a better pitcher, but, they have, um, like I said, they've been recruiting pitchers, but, um, you know, the reality is now uh, they're going to have to basically – they don't have a weekend starter really coming back. You know, they had Will Walsh that kind of fit into that Sunday starter uh, position late in the year. Uh, but, you know, he's he's really the only, you know, the top one that's going to be coming back. So. This brings us to our top story tonight. <laughs> and you could have Garrett Morris in the background yelling top story yeah. tonight. Obviously, the Pat Fitzgerald firing. And we need to start with a recap of this just so everybody, at least everybody that's here now, is on the same page. What happened? This started with Northwestern kind of announcing that they had done an internal investigation into hazing in the football program and that head coach Pat Fitzgerald – was suspended for two weeks. And that then, kind of broke at the end of the week, didn't it, John? Didn't that come out yeah. kind of like on Friday? It was on Friday. And <laughs> on Saturday, the student newspaper at Northwestern published the accounts of what the hazing involved. And I'm just going to read this. And, you know, by the way, we're all adults here, and I'm not going to sugarcoat any of this crap. In fact, we're going to have a good time with this. But we're just going to read this. For people who are on the podcast, um, here's part of the article. Part of the, the just kind of I looked at and went, what the fuck is going on in Northwestern? But here it is. Here's If a player was selected for, quote, running, quote, the player who spoke up to the Daily said they would be restrained by a group of eight to ten upperclassmen dressed in various, various purge-like masks who would then begin drum dry humping the victim in a dark locker room. It's a shocking experience as a freshman to see your fellow freshman teammates get ran, but then you see everybody bystanding in the locker room, the player said. It's just a really abrasive and barbaric culture that has perme permeated throughout the program for years on end now. And there's more because they had to ruin Shrek for everyone. The Daily obtained images of whiteboards labeled Runs Giving and Shrek's List, containing a list of names and indicating players that needed to be ran. The player said the tradition was especially common during training camp and around Thanksgiving and Christmas, which he said the team called Runs Giving and Runs Miss. And then, of course, they had to ruin the song The Car Wash Forever, don't you know, working at the car wash, hey, yeah. Once in a year tradition, dubbed the car wash, the first player said that some players would stand naked at the entrance to the showers and spin around, forcing those entering the showers to basically rub up against a bare naked man. Upon entering the showers, the player alleged the players set up a hose they connected to the shower to spray people. It's extremely painful, the player said. That's what they're dealing with, with hazing. And that just, I don't, you know, listen, we're kind of old. Sometimes when you're old, you look at things and you go, oh, they can't stand a little bit of hazing. You can't put up with a little. That's not, that is something so weird that I don't know how to describe this other than 
Well, let's be honest. If Netflix did this as a special, we'd be outraged. Yeah. 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 Uh, and, uh, you know, wait, the commenters can come up with the name of the Netflix special, and uh, there you go. I, I don't know what they'd call it. Well, you know, it's it was kind of interesting the way the thing all unfolded because, you know, we first read about it on Friday, and, you know, you know as well as I do that a lot of times – you release bad news late in the day on Friday right. to try to keep it out of a lot of the media cycles and that type of thing. But then, you know, lo and behold, student newspaper, you know, take your hat off to those college kids that, you know, want to be, want to be journalists. They start digging into this and they find um, that there's a little bit more to report than perhaps, uh, well, than definitely what had been previously released. Well, let's talk um, about that for a minute. Sure. Well, you got you had a school. I mean, granted, people can oh, nobody pays attention to Northwestern football. You had a school in one of the biggest and the biggest conference in the United States that released a statement about they'd done hazing investigation, suspended a coach, and it's a student newspaper and student journalist that broke this story. Not anybody at the athletic, not anybody who might cover Northwestern football other than maybe the students in Inside NU or in SB Nation site are the only people that do. Darren Movell on Twitter said he was not going to crucify Pat Fitzgerald. And there was a reference to the Twitter mob because, you know, Darren Rovell was taking the high road, even though Darren Rovell would roast anybody in a heartbeat if it was anybody he didn't like. The fact no. is, the fact is, is, and go back to the fact that when Scott Frost was too drunk to recruit the best recruit in the nation, we never heard anything about him. We didn't hear about this except for students. Yeah, I, I and, and I think that's really true. And, and, you know, have we gotten to the point with a lot of the media that, you know, they are so uh, concerned about uh, having access that they don't, you know, they won't write the tough stories. They won't investigate um, you know, the, the big stories, you know, or, or when there's something, you know, they hear bits and pieces because, you know, and let's go down this road a little bit, you know, it, it, as soon as Scott Frost was let go, then you heard people like Damon Benning and, and other people like that who were saying, well, I, you know, I was saying that I was saying that. And, and oh, really yeah, they right. weren't, they weren't right. saying that. No, they you know, if there were people that were in the media that all of a sudden, you know, a few days later, they start talking about some things that they knew or that they had been told that they had never come forward with at that point. And and, you know, why is that? That's not um, you know, that's not journalism. If you ask me, that is trying to maintain uh, some kind of a position where you have access to the stories to the coaches or, or you don't want the coaches to be mad at you or whomever the figure is. You don't want, you know, to be on their, their bad side. But then again, you know, we do live in a society where, you know, some of these, um, well, we're talking coaches right now, but some of these figures, they, they carry such a heavy hammer that, you know, they're denying certain individuals uh, have access at press conferences. You know, they block people. Uh, limit people from coming into that. So, I mean, there is really kind of a tenuous relationship at times uh, between, you know, the university, the team, the program, the coach, and and the media. Um, but, you know, there was a, a great quote here a little bit earlier, and, you know, I guess I kind of forgotten about this. I knew this. But, you know, one of the things that Northwestern is known for is their journalism school. Yeah. And, um you know, uh, Owe, Owe or Owie uh, says, yeah, Northwestern is known for their journalism department. They don't hold back just because it was their own program at their paper. You know, and, you know, the other thing about it is, is that some college journalists, you know, they don't have anything to lose. And in fact, this is how they can make a name for themselves. This would be, you know, a way right. for them to to uh, have an article out there that someday, you know, they have in their portfolio or whatever it might be. But that being the case, um, you know, we didn't 
see anybody at the University of Nebraska for the the Daily Nebraskan digging into any of the allegations um, with Scott Frost. So I don't know. I don't know. Maybe maybe it is just because of because of Northwestern and um, you know the the this particular kid or kids you know that that dug into this. So who knows? Well, you think about it. Friday. That's the, you know, the, the suspension is put out Saturday. The article comes out Sunday, Northwestern president, Michael Schill says, well, maybe the two weeks, I don't know, maybe it wasn't good enough. In other words, basically he said, uh, I was going to be okay with this as long as nothing leaked. I didn't really care because nobody else cares either. And then it does leak and you're like, okay, that's, pretty crappy leadership in itself, isn't it? I mean, how do you get away with that as a Northwestern president and expect to be taken seriously after this? Yeah, I I think that the president's got a lot of explaining to do too, <laughs> you know, when you think about it, because, you know, he comes out with this two-week um, suspension and then – you know, 24 hours later, 48 hours later, I kind of lost track of my days on the weekend. You know, he's backtracking a little bit and they released to the media that, well, they're going to reconsider. And, and uh, you know, he had some kind of a comment, you know, in there that he's where he said, I acted based upon what I knew. And he, he says, I should have considered what I don't know. <laughs> what don't I know about this whole situation? So, you know, who knows? what information, you know, he had in front of him uh, when he actually made the the decision. And I would hope to God that he didn't have the same information that these kids with the newspaper dug up. And, you know, his response was a two-week suspension based upon that. Um, I don't know. I don't know about you, John, but as soon as the reports uh, were released out there, that the article from the student paper was released, you know, as far as I was concerned, Pat, Pat Fitzgerald's career at Northwestern was done. I mean, there was, he was not going, there was no way that he would be able to, he'd be able to survive that. Well, then you had the, the, uh, within a few hours of the student newspaper thing, you had a, a statement that was signed by the entire team with entire, I should have, I should have clipped that in here, but the entire team, about how none of those allegations were true. And if those allegations were true, Pat Fitzgerald didn't know about them. <laughs> Which is kind of like, yeah. you know, kind of like why you have PR people or lawyers write your releases. Yeah, from the entire football team. I thought that was hilarious. Yeah. You know, that was so <laughs> that just made no sense. That made no sense. Well, what do you what do you think about the? I mean, Pat Fitzgerald for, I mean, honestly, through our lives with him as the football coach was his seventeen years. I mean, he was always been known as a stand up guy. I, you know, I guess I could see. I just, huh, I, how you're going to not get yourself in trouble with this? I guess when I look at hazing things, for me, I look at okay, maybe you do some stuff that would be comparable to like military basic. You know, run too long with somebody spraying you with that full metal jacket type stuff. You know, but that the whole thing with God, this the, the whole every one of these descriptions is sexual assault to me. You know, if this happened anywhere else on this planet, in any other situation, okay, not on the planet, but in any other situation across the United States, uh, there'd probably be charges filed. You know, I mean, it's just bizarre. The bizarre nature of it, I just I can't get a, get a handle on completely. Well, there, there's you know whether there are charges filed or not, we have not heard the end of this. I mean, there's going to be some legal legal maneuvering here. Someone's getting sued. Um, you know that's going to happen. Whether or not uh, you have criminal charges filed or not, um, you know that's yet to be seen. I would I would certainly think. You know, because some of this uh, allegedly happened up in Kenosha, uh, Wisconsin, because uh, apparently for part of the preseason, Northwestern has their camp up there. Uh, so, you know, you've got that jurisdiction up there. 
you know, who knows what it all comes down to, um, what eventually is going to happen. But what we do know, you know, is Pat Fitzgerald is out. He's, he's done. And, you know, maybe with the media, and I'm not defending them, uh, but, you know, Pat Fitzgerald was highly respected. Yeah. Um, you know, a highly respected coach. He was, he was that guy, you know, who coached at an elite university, his alma mater, um, clean cut, you know, hard nosed, straight shooting kind of a guy. Um, and, uh, you know, maybe they granted him some latitude on this a little bit. I don't know. Um, and I guess based upon whatever image I have had over the years of Pat Fitzgerald, um, you know, I'm, I'm really disappointed. I, I wouldn't have thought, I wouldn't have thought that he would have uh, tolerated something like this going on in, in his program. Uh, I just, that it, it's disappointing to me. You know, they, this is ruining all sorts of things for me. Somebody once told me the world is going to show me. You know what I mean? Now, yeah. Shrek's ruined forever. That song's ruined forever. Working at the car wash, ruined. I'll be just picturing people in masks all over the place. And, and where is it here? Roger Moore comes in with, uh, I asked what would Netflix call the special, and Roger Moore comes in with Northwestern football, eyes wide shut, which uh, not a bad one. Uh, Fred Sacco, Northwestern football, whatever happens in Kenosha stays in Kenosha. <laughs> That's oh, a good one. Let's go, you know what? Let's go back through some of these starred comments. Before many of you showed up, I did start this by asking uh, if you were going to be dry humped in a dark room by somebody wearing a mask, what kind of mask would that be? Born led corn fed comes up with an Ewok mask, which is, I, that's okay. Kind of strange. I guess maybe innocent. It doesn't seem too threatening. Maybe that's, and then you've got a, a killer clown from outer space mask. Which, you know what, if you're terrified of clowns, that would be doubly terrifying. I think we had one more. And now I, I don't know what, whoop, I don't know where I, what I did with it. But if you have any other ideas, I think for me, for me, uh, the mask I wouldn't want, them, the first thing I thought of, and then I read the purge-like mask thing was, uh, I wouldn't want him to be wearing a Ronald Reagan mask. You know, one of those big, like, I can't remember what <laughs> Phil Collins video that was well you know here's a, another point and, and we had somebody today talk a little bit about this um on slack you know uh husker chuck says joe paterno was highly respected too um yeah and you know in the early going uh if my memory serves and you know geez as much as that blew up in the media it's uh, hard to believe i've forgotten about it but uh, I, I think that the media gave uh, cut, cut Joe a lot of slack early on. Yeah. Um, you know, eventually when uh, more and more of the disgusting, horrible stories started leaking out on that, uh, they started pushing for more accountability on that too. But anyway. <laughs> Fred Sacco, who never disappoints, comes in with, a mask of myself because I've been often told to go fuck myself. Uh, kind of existential. Wow. Oh, Rick Roger Moore with the Ric Flair mask. Uh, J-Bub memes with the Hillary Clinton mask. Oh, my God. So, uh, you know, uh, who's this dude? One... 111 Jimmy comes in with a Mexican wrestling mask. I've got one of those. Oh, great. Yeah. <laughs> Never staying at your house again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yep. Brandon Stiver with the Herbie Husker mask, the new one. And then uh, David Mapman, he correctly identifies the old Phil Collins video, The Land of Confusion. <laughs> which uh, is where I got the, I think the Reagan. Yeah, it is the Reagan mask in that one, isn't it? Okay, let's move on. 
Well, you know, and I think something else is relevant. I want to pop this up. Um, I thought I had it. Um, you know, Jack Olson, you know, sends in, you have to remember the Wildcats are getting a new football stadium. So would think that, that, that so they think about cutting the funding because of this. Um, you know, right now it's really early in, in what's happened. And, you know, people, and, and, you know, I think this is a genuine concern, um, though they have one huge, incredible donation from a, from a, a family there to, to make that happen. Um, but, you know, what, what are the possibilities? You know, I've heard a couple of people say, well, they'll shut down the program. They'll shut down the program. Well, why, why would you even think that Northwestern would shut down the program? What makes Northwestern more likely to shut down a program when something like this happens than, than somewhere else? Um, you know, and, and I think in some respects, um, you know, people kind of want to, I don't know, cut them some slack or, or, you know, say this is a little bit different because Northwestern is, I mean, it's, it's an elite university. I mean, it is, um, it's a tough one to get into. It ranks up there uh, with the very, very best. But that doesn't mean that there aren't smart assholes in the country that are willing to do stupid things like this. I mean, you know, uh, hazing has uh, a, a very colorful history in a lot of private schools and institutions uh, around this country here. But, um, you know, shutting down the program, they're not going to shut down the program. Uh, I think they could scramble here at this point in the year with what they're going to do for a head coach. Um, you know, can you, maybe, can you honestly promote an assistant? You have to clean this whole house, don't you? Well, can you clean the whole house now? I mean, I think they have to do a pretty damn thorough investigation and and find out if there are. If well, the first question to ask is: Are there assistants? that had knowledge of what was going on and, and never did anything about it. Um, but, you know, what, you're going to hire a head coach and that coach is going to hire eight assistants or whatever the number is right now in the second week of July with, with camp 30 days away? Um, that's a tough sell, John. I mean, in my mind, they're going to probably have to hire somebody that currently isn't working as a coach, you know, that's willing to come in and, um, you know, just try to slap something together so that they have a season. Todd, they have, they have done that. They have precedence on this. Who does Northwestern? Yeah. Because their baseball coach that should have been fired had his first assistant leave before the, what, before the season even started. And then two or three of his other assistants, quit after the first road trip along with 16 players. Jack Foster, well, wasn't it? And yeah. that guy has not been fired. Exactly. And that was, you know, OA or OE had said with the Northwestern baseball scandal also coming out, their AD might be on thin ice. Uh-huh. Um, but, yeah, you know, just to compound the situation in Evanston, you got this idiot for a baseball coach. I would have uh, used the word jackass. Okay, how about jackass? I'll 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 give jackass. I mean, you know, the guy comes in to Northwestern from uh he came from West Point. He was at uh he was at Army. And uh you know, immediately you see players, you know, leaving the program. And Northwestern certainly not at, you know in the top echelon of Big Ten baseball, but decent baseball. And one thing about Northwestern, they've always had some quality pitchers. You know, shoot, they're sitting there in Chicago where there's a ton of uh, really good baseball players, a lot of good pitchers there. And, um, you know, players are leaving and even assistant coaches, as John said earlier, uh, assistant coaches are, are leaving at the beginning of the season. You know, he's hiring assistants he is hiring new assistants when the team 
is in the se- is in season. I mean, yeah. that is insane. And the the crazy thing is, is that you know the newspaper went with it. Well, actually, it was a radio station um, went with it today about him, and then the Chicago newspaper, the Tribune, they pick it up today. Um, but you know that'd been the talk of college baseball the entire baseball season. Yeah. So now they got Fitz. He's gone. The baseball program has been an absolute disaster. What else? You know, the basketball team is going to blow up now, too. Well, Roger Moore comes in with Urban Meyer is looking at houses in Evanston. Hi, Urban's not doing anything. Urban isn't. (laughs) Uh, Bonehead Cornfed comes in with Scott Frost. Well, he's not doing anything either. You know, he Urban could be the head coach and Scott could be the offensive coordinator. And then we get a recommendation from Fred Sacco. Only two men can rebuild Northwestern football, Shine Eichhorst and Mike the Riverboat Gambler Riley. And then there's Fred Sacco again with Bob Diaco. Just had cable installed in Evanston along with a box of lavalier microphones. And then we got another. Wait, wait, wait. Oh, I got to figure out how to pronounce this guy's name. O-Y. O-A-W-I. O-I. I'll just move on. I heard Lovey Smith is looking for. There are plenty of candidates, Todd. Sure. Plenty of candidates. <laughs> you know, I. that's a tough place to coach anyway. And, and you know what? I don't know. If, if, if I'm the person who's calling the shots and who knows if the AD is anymore, I think I just find somebody that can come in, you know, uh, Coach the football season, and then uh, I'll be looking for the next head coach. You know, make this person an interim, pay him a bunch of money, get through this football season, and then just tear the damn thing down and start over because that's what you're going to have to do. Well, Northwestern has spent a shit ton of money on building that the big ass huge facilities. They have clearly they want had an emphasis on wanting to be better at things. Yeah. Brangus McGee comes in with how much will they need to pony up to get someone to coach? I just, I just, I don't know if money is an issue there as much as it is, is looking at this and going, uh, you're not just walking into a mess. You're walking into a mess with like less than a month. to. What big 10 media days is what? uh, Two weeks away. Maybe, maybe (laughs) John, it's, it's the 10th of July. I mean, training camps open, you know, the 1st of August. And then what about the hazing guys? What about the team? <laughs> You've got to investigate that. There has to be some, you know, accountability for the for the hazers. I mean, what what a cluster. I don't know. You know, now you might be talking me into canceling the season. I mean, I don't know. I would think that's impossible to do, but who knows? Wait, wait. Bonelead Cord Fed asks, would you take the job, your job yourself, John? You know, given that I'm 61 and close to retirement, if they threw, like, if they said, here's $4 million for a year, I go, yeah, I'd do that. I mean, what the hell, right? Oh my god! Four million. I wouldn't would, do that. It'd kill me. It would literally would probably kill me. And then uh, City Iris or says Ron Zook is can rested and ready for Northwestern. See, there's so there's possibilities. Uh, I don't know what that means. If you like. <laughs> I'm not on my regular computer, so things are going haywire. You got somebody under the table there, John? Well, it was Siri. Siri just pops up every once in a while. He probably will because I've said its name. I should have disabled that. Uh, and again, oh, 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 my God. We have to come up with a pronunciation. 
Tell us how you phonetically pronounce this yeah, name. Oh, wait, would you tell us phonetically how we say your name? This is going to drive us nuts. He says they could do some high school Ironman football necessary roughness Evanston edition. I mean, you could you could possibly go out and find an entire high school staff somewhere that was no, you couldn't. That'd be insane. All of this is insane. This is more insane than Monte Teo's girlfriend. <laughs> that was one guy. This is a whole shitload of people. Which you kind of look at it and you go, okay, there was a player apparently from 2007 that said, yeah, this was going on back then. I mean, that's that's almost 20 years. Yeah. Okay. Thank you, Owie. I think we got this right. Owie, owie, owie. <laughs> okay. That so makes sense. We'll try to we'll try to make sure that we, we handle that correctly. Um you know, okay, here's uh James Marshall says, I wouldn't fire Fitzgerald unless the evidence against him is rock solid. They've already fired him, James. They that that came out today. And um, you know, I I kind of wondered, you know, that myself. I said earlier in the program tonight, I, I thought after I read, you know, the the bits and pieces from the newspaper with some of the, the statements that were in there, I I didn't think there was any way that Pat Fitzgerald survived it. I You know, not to say that Pat Fitzgerald was guilty of knowing this or the cover-up or any of that kind of stuff. I just thought, this isn't going to, he's not going to make it through this. Um, and in this day and age, you know, ultimately when this kind of stuff shows up and if it is corroborated, which it was a little bit later on by other players, um, the head coach, the head coach is not going to survive. He's not, he's not going to make it. I'm going to try to keep talking. I'm going to try to pull up the, uh, the university's statement. Because the, uh, the the university president did did come out and actually make a statement, and he did uh, he basically said, uh, "Hold on a second, let me uh, just add this." As you look at Sid Irish says, uh, "Agree, it comes down to just a disgruntled player." Yikes! But I, it doesn't sound good. I, you know, well, here's hold- the thing. This is this is from a. The, the Northwestern president did corroborate some of this stuff. And it's number two. Look at the number two thing on this list. The hazing included forced participation, nudity and sexualized acts of a degrading nature in clear violation of Northwestern policies and values. And this is the president saying this. I am grateful that to my knowledge, no student suffered physical injury as a result of these player these behaviors. But I mean, when you make that statement as the president, I mean, there's your investigation showing that this stuff did happen and he wouldn't be making that statement. Either, you know, if he makes that statement and he's not a hundred percent sure of it, they're going to owe Pat Fitzgerald about a billion dollars. So uh, yeah, it's just, I still can't believe this stuff is going on. I'm struggling with that because, like I said, I'm not I'm, I'm not on my big screen computer. I'm on a little laptop. Well, you know, it it is. Um, I don't know. It's with all the attention, you know, that has been given uh, to hazing, you know, the, the deaths at a multitude of, of colleges and universities. Um quite often, you know, connected with fraternities, uh, deaths due to hazing. Uh, you know, it's, it's not like this is something that is, you know, back in a closet somewhere. There's been a lot of national attention on this. I mean, okay, so I come from the education world and, you know, it's been pounded and pounded um, in schools and in, in other aspects of, of education, the anti-bullying, um, all of that kind of stuff is connected. And so it's not like people are naive. It's, it's arrogance. 
quite honestly. It's arrogance, uh, thinking that um, we can we can get away with something, you know. Or that, that it's okay. Yeah, but who would think that? I mean, come on, John. With what has been described there, who would think that that is okay? Those people that did that movie, Eyes Wide Shut, I guess. <laughs> I don't know. You know, even then you're kind of looking at it and going, what the hell? Uh, let's see. Husker Chuck comes in with, they could go on a staggering losing streak currently at 11. Their last win coming at uh, in Ireland, which kind of the lesson we might take from this is to uh, you shouldn't play in Ireland. Yeah, because- don't don't sketch. Don't play in Ireland. But do you remember years ago, years ago, when was it in the early 80s where they had a 32 game losing streak? I think it was. And they won a game under Pepper Rogers, I believe it was. And then they tore down the goalpost, marched him in the lake, Michigan, threw him in the lake while chanting one in a row. (laughs) I've heard you tell that story before. I, I don't recall that. I know that they had a horrible losing streak, but. Yeah, you know, I mean, this, it, it could be bad. It could be bad for them. Um, you know, and, and the timing, and we've kind of, you know, alluded to this a little bit. The timing is just horrible, you know, for this. But, um, you know, from the coaching standpoint, but are all those players going to stick around? You know, are, are they, what, what's, oh, Jesus. The, I don't know. There's no portal right now, right? There is no portal. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know when, when it comes up again, but you know, for crying out loud, if, if you were a parent of a, of a player there, right. And you know, are you going to, are you going to let your kids stay there? I mean, Northwestern's going to have to act. And, and to a large extent, and this has been mentioned earlier, you you got to go through that program. You got to. There have to be consequences for these players that assaulted these kids, and who knows where that even stands at this point in time. Oh, you know, here James Marshall brings up another good point. Uh, the lesson is: don't beat Nebraska as an underdog. You'll be cursed. We just didn't realize it took this long for the ultimate curse to be brought upon. Pat Fitzgerald, and he, well, all of Northwestern, to be honest with us, with you, um, man, it's just all this stuff is weird. You know, Fred poses another question, serious question. Well, I, I'm glad that I'm glad that Fred does point out when he has a serious question. It helps us out a lot, Fred. So thank you. Um, serious question: Was there an actual start date when this began? Not that it matters, but just wondering if this was always a Fitzgerald thing or a recently started. John, you have read a little bit more than I have. It was my understanding this has been going on for quite a few years. Well, somebody referenced, you know, Adam Rittenberg and a bunch of the regular college football pundit type people were getting contacts. You know, now that the student newspaper did all the hard, dirty work, they were getting contacts from Northwestern players. And the one I recall was from 2007 that said, yeah, it was going on back then. So... I mean, that's what I do the math. What is that? 16 years? Yeah. Fitzgerald hasn't been there that long. So it's, he no, he's been there 17 yeah, years. Yeah, he's been there 17, 17 years. years. That's right. Uh, There's so many horrible places my mind is going. I'm not going to do that to you. <laughs> Who the hell is this guy? Oh, jeez. I think I'm related to him. Jeez, Jace. You have to read it now that you put it up. I have to read it? Yes. You you read it. You read it. I Chase can't Robertson, read it. Uh, I'm sure he made that name up because it doesn't sound real. Uh, says, it's like you can't strap a freshman nipples to a car battery without the dean getting all uppity anymore. I know. You know, times have changed. Things are hard. That was a bad statement. <laughs> I was going to say. <laughs> Things are tough. Oh, God, I hurt myself. Uh, oh. Okay. Tony Waslin, who's got coming back, would be surprised if any of this ends up in court. Northwestern will pay to keep this out of court. 
I mean, <laughs> there. <laughs> oh my God, so, uh, Tony. Okay. I, you know, Northwestern's got a lot of money. Um, you know, there is a lot of money there, but uh, they're going to be. There's going to be legal action of some in some way, shape, or form. Uh, there will be lawsuits, and whether they actually end up in court or not, no, they'll probably settle it. You know, you're probably right on that end, but uh, the legal system is going to get involved here. Owie comes back with a player who graduated in 2007 said the car wash. Remember working at the car wash? At least was going on back then. Fit started in 2006. <sighs> Todd? Yes. You know that there was another big story that this overshadowed. Um, um, See? See how well Northwestern has done in covering up everything else? West Virginia head basketball coach Bob Huggins. Yeah. Who resigned a little bit ago, like a I don't know, a week and a half, two weeks week, ago. Yeah, a week and a half, ten days. Yeah. He resigned after getting a DUI, has now come back to West West Virginia University and said, uh, I never resigned. Which I don't know what to, I haven't read about that one as much because it's basketball and you know that I just I guess I have one question. If it's July for God's sakes. We've had the weirdest story about football break. I think since the Monty Teo girlfriend thing, and then Bob Huggins tacked on top of it, it what what the hell is the regular season going to be right like? What is going to happen this 2023 season that's going to beat this stuff? Yeah, you're right. And and back to the Huggins thing, you know, I mean, this is just an attempt for him to get his attorney's foot in the door and negotiate some kind of a settlement, financial settlement, um, where in essence he's going to try to get West Virginia to pay him to keep, you know, to just to shut up and go away. Uh, because, you know, there, and, and again, all you legal minds out there, I'm, I'll butcher this, but, you know, they fired, I think they fired him with cause. You know, I mean, the, the uh, fact that he had no WI, uh, there would be no obligation for West Virginia to honor any aspect of his contract uh, is, is my guess. And so what he's saying now is, well, you know, I really didn't resign or whatever, whatever. So he's just looking, he's looking for a way uh, to get some money out of this whole thing. Oh my God. Okay. Well, anyway, I shouldn't say this, but Oh, what the hell? Evan Anderson comes out with bring out the gimp, Northwestern upperclassman, probably. <laughs> well, Sam Roberts says the players who were assaulted should be granted a year of eligibility to take the year off, and maybe even if they end up playing this year. Um, well, you know, we've given them years for other things. I I don't know. I, I think that I think there's going to be a lot to sort out here. Um, you know, and then Sam also says, as for the offenders, they need to be suspended for the rest of their collegiate careers. I, I In this day and age, now, I think. Now, the Northwestern president did say that the report would remain confidential. And do you suppose that probably this is why? I mean, if you suspend a guy for the rest of their collegiate careers, you basically put his name out in public. And he's going to have to live with that for the rest of his life. And that is a privacy issue, wouldn't you think? Well, well I that's think where the school gets sued book for a class action for a billion dollars. Well, but I'll tell you what, if if the if the law, if the law gets involved here, and you know, if you if people are filing assault charges, their names are going to go public. And, you know, can can Northwestern prevent, you know, the district attorney from wherever in Evanston, Illinois, from investigating this or up in Kenosha. Well, in Kenosha, they don't give a shit. You can kill somebody out in the middle of the street when you're 16 years old and walk away from it. So oh, that's where that was, wasn't it? Okay. Yeah. Oh. 
Oh my but, God. Uh, and then there's Pat Fitzgerald, I suppose, you know, what the hell is he going to do? Well, I don't think that the, uh, I don't think that the uh, Nick Saban rehabilitation center uh, is, is probably gonna, I don't know. Pat Fitzgerald may find a spot and work his way into, you know, he might find a spot on an NFL in an NFL program. He might. Roger Moore, I can't even go to a car wash again now. Yeah. <laughs> Here's another one. Whoop. Oh, I'm trying to hide. Okay. <laughs> Delon Thug says Northwestern should hire John Gruden. Well, Ooh. he is available. Ooh. Well, yeah, yeah. Oh, my God. So there's this is an ongoing story, obviously, and there'll be plenty more. I'm sure, like Monte Teo's girlfriend, we will have jokes galore coming out over the, uh, over the, the next few weeks um, because I, I think you kind of really can't uh, help but laugh at this stuff, even though it's pretty serious. And David Matney says, no, Pat Fitzgerald is done for good. I'd have to agree with that. Uh, yeah, I think it. I'm kind of of that opinion, too. I think it'd be tough to come back from that. Yeah, you know, uh, <laughs> I don't even know if I want to go down this road. Um, it's It's interesting. Uh, how times have changed. Um, not that, not that I would ever condone what happened. And you know, I've I've gotten way way past of the boys will be boys, and the, you know that's locker room stuff and and whatnot. Um, but I can I can tell you, um, a number of years ago. When I was in high school, um, we actually, if you can believe this, my freshman year in high school, uh, we had a school-sponsored hazing event. Really? And um, I can't remember what they called it, but it might have been, I don't know, they might have called it freshman orientation or, or something like that. But... In the town I grew up in, there was uh, at a middle school, high school building, and then there was an elementary building. And at the elementary building, they had, uh, you know, kind of one of those combination cafeteria gyms with a tile floor. And it was um, in the first week of school or the second week of the school year, the seniors hazed us up at the the elementary school and it was it was on the calendar i mean the school calendar and you know the the seniors were in charge and they were hazing the freshmen and other students came up and watched yeah but and what they do the principal was there i mean you know the principal was there some teachers were there well that particular year when i was a freshman all of us boys the boys had to show up dressed up like girls that's how we had to show up okay and the girls had to show up with their clothes inside out. And so their underwear was worn on the outside of their, uh, of their <laughs> other clothes. That's how we had to show up. And then they had a, like a Miss America pageant where, you know, we had to strut our stuff as the girls and, you know, dressed up like girls. And we played some stupid game where the freshman boys were with the senior girls and the senior boys were with the freshman girls, like a, spin the bottle type of a stupid thing. And I remember that we also had to line up in two teams and they had a spoon that had a hole in the handle of the ball of string. And we had to drop the ball, the, the spoon up and down the string. But, you know, that was all sanctioned by the school. And, and really for the most part, it was harmless. I mean, it really was, it was just embarrassing. It was belittling, you know, they, they made us, you know, I, I don't know, but I don't think anybody was emotionally scarred as a result of that. But after that was done, 
those of us on the football team were told that um, uh, we would have a little bit extra after the official event. And um, so the freshman players, we, uh, you know, after it was over, we were waiting outside and the seniors loaded us up in two or three pickups and took us down to Pierce's pump company. And um, they gave us a paper sack and they told us all of us strip down to your shoes and your shoes and your socks. And um, we did strip <laughs> down to our shoes and socks. And then um, you'd have to know the layout here, but uh, we were then told that we could pick up our clothes on the front at the front door of Citizen State Bank. And uh, that was probably a half a mile, probably a half a mile run. <laughs> oh. And um, so I remember there were 16 of us. And, uh, you know, of course, at that point in time, the adrenaline was going. So, you know, we were there. Oh, yeah, we could do this. All right, we're going to go streaking, you know, I mean, whatever, whatever, whatever. And, of course, no one else knew about this. You know, this was okay. just between the – this is just between the senior football players and the freshman football players. And um, so we uh, came out of the, the building and had to walk up an incline up to the highway. We had to cross the highway and then go down an alley and then straight down Main Street. At um, Yeah. And uh, as soon as we hit the pavement, there was a truck stop over here. 50 sets of headlights. Just. <laughs> flashed on really we were like literally deer in the headlights everybody just froze right on the highway and then everybody just freaked and panicked and we went like bb's on linoleum what should have been done in five minutes two hours <laughs> later they're still looking for freshmen Oh, my God. I ended up with three different guys on my hands and knees crawling through a cornfield. <laughs> it was the craziest thing. And then people started calling the cops. And county sheriff's department was out there. I went back to Council Bluffs the, that next weekend to visit some friends. And it happened to be that uh, their dad was a, a sheriff's deputy. And he was called out to Oakland. First thing they asked me, were you one of those boys running around naked in Oakland this weekend? I said, yeah, matter of fact, I was. But, you know, I mean, it was, that was just, that put an end to it. I mean, they never had anything like that again. Um, and we, uh, our football coach punished the hell out of the seniors and punished the hell out of us too. I mean, that football season was miserable because we had extra, we had extra conditioning every night the rest of the football season it was just it was miserable i had never gone you know when i was a freshman in high school and we went up for football uh all of the senior guys that were uh, the seniors were especially the off guys that played offensive alignment they were freaking huge i mean these were enormous guys and probably what we would consider the 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 toughest amongst all of them just basically came up to us in the locker room when we were starting, you know, when we're, you're showing up for like physicals or after physical, you're starting to do stuff, just came up to us, gathered all the freshmen together. And he said, we're not doing any of this kind of crap that people do. You don't have to worry about anything. None of us believe in that kind of shit. So we're not, you don't have to run laps or you're, we're not going to make you strip or do anything stupid. And they never did. And, you know, honestly, to this day, I still respect those guys for it because, uh, I mean, when you're a freshman, it's it's kind of tough. You know, you, yeah. you go into a whole different level. And we were their blocking dummies. <laughs> but, you know, we didn't have to. Other than that, we didn't have to do anything really horrible. We're almost done. We should get through uh, maybe some more comments. Uh, let's see here. Sam uh, Roberts had a good one. And he said, maybe Scott Frost will go coach notes. Maybe Scott Frost will go coach Northwestern so that he can help them win more games again. Ouch. 
Uh, have we gone through all the other ones? Well, Evan Anderson comes up with the obvious. Did you order the code red, Coach Fitzgerald? <laughs> You're damn right I did. Which is a, actually a very fitting fitting line for this. Fred Sacco comes up with a Netflix special, Northwestern Football, The Longest Hard. What? What? I just, before we end this, I'll just say this. You know, I entitled this, I made this, this, uh, I did the article before Pat Fitzgerald was fired. And I, the, the end of it says the hypocrisy of the Big Ten. And what I wanted to bring up about that was, what in the last, you know, what other news story was today, Todd? What other news story was today? Yeah, relevant to the Big Ten and horrible scandals. Well, the baseball thing broke, but right? uh, no, I, I'm, I'm not, I don't know. Larry Nasser was stabbed in prison. Yes, yeah, right. And if Larry Nasser, Nasser was uh, a person who sexually assaulted, I believe it was just young women, or young people. Yeah. As part of the gymnastic things associated with Michigan State. I mean, if you look at the last, I don't know, 10 years, what the hell is the Big Ten doing? I mean, we all do this stuff where we go, well, the SEC's paying their players. They're a bunch of cheaters down there in the SEC. But apparently in the Big Ten, we're assaulting people all over the place and acting like we're God's gift to student athletes. It just, it's just, I don't understand. <sighs> I don't know. Maybe when people put on airs, they think they, they can just get away with everything else. I don't get the whole, why is this so bad in the big 10 compared to everywhere else? Yeah. You know, there are, I don't know. You know, um, you, you mentioned the fact that Nasser, I mean, there were all these things going on and I guess, what was it a week ago, 10 days ago, where uh, news broke about down at Georgia, all the outlaw behavior that was going on with those football players down at Georgia. And now there's, and there's been no follow-up, or at least I've heard no follow-up about it. So, you know, maybe, maybe it becomes an issue in the big 10 because people do want to hold colleges to a higher, higher level of accountability. Maybe, I don't know. Um, but you know, certainly when you think of the Big Ten and, and scandals like this, um, you know, there's some, you're right, John, in, in the last 20, 25 years, there have been some horrible, horrible, horrible situations. Things. Yeah. Um, yeah, just some horrible things. So I don't know. I, I, I hope the powers that be at Northwestern um, take this very serious on behalf of the players. I hope that the welfare of the players is their number one priority. And the welfare of the players supersedes the image of Northwestern, supersedes any uh, pressures by the alumni or anyone else in administration to sweep some of this under the table. Um, it would really be nice if, um, you know, it'd be really nice if they did what was best for, for the student athletes. Unlike Ohio State, um, unlike Ohio State with over 200 victims of sexual assault. Right. Um, and individuals in positions of power and authority that continue to lie. Yeah, there was one more thing I'll bring up, and that is uh, on Nebraska Twitter, there, there was a lot of stuff going around about uh, during COVID, how the Big Ten, everybody in the media got mad at Nebraska uh, about wanting to play football. And I think one media member wrote about how this is the darkest. That was in a USA Today article. They, this was the darkest day of the Big Ten that, you know, they were going to play football and Nebraska should be thrown out of the conference. And, and to that, I just say this. Uh, 
this is a, it, this issue right now isn't about us, and we shouldn't make it a, about us. You know, from a serious standpoint, it is a serious standpoint. It, it is a serious issue that affected an, uh, people over God knows how long. And uh, I guess I really didn't want to get in on that because I don't know. I guess it. I didn't want to make it about us. It just sounds like a persecution complex thing to even bring that up. You know, it sucked at the time. The thing we have to remember is the Big Ten at that time was being led by a, a complete fucking doorknob. So let's just let that go by and move on and hope that Northwestern gets their shit together sooner rather than later. Because I think you don't need this in your conference. You need your conference to be full of healthy programs that are compete that are going to compete well, not somebody that's just going to drag, you know, be an anchor. Yeah, drag everything into the ground. I, you know what? We're over our hour, and uh, I, I don't know what else we have to say. Do we have anything else? No, I don't. Um, no, and sorry to leave everything on such kind of a somber, somber note. But um, certainly, um, you know, you can't. It, it's something that had to be discussed tonight, and uh, appreciate a lot of the comments. Uh, from those of you, uh, you know, joining us tonight and, you know, some of the questions that you threw out there as well. And, uh, you know, maybe this week, uh, <laughs> whatever happens will be um, a little bit more positive. It would, uh, you know, I don't know if we're quite ready to start doing a little bit of forecasting for the upcoming season. I think maybe we're a few weeks away from that, but Boy, it'd be nice to talk about some good things uh, going on with uh, Nebraska football and and uh, college football in general. And hopefully, hopefully we're going to be able to do that here. Yep. All right. Good night, Todd. Good night, John. <laughs>